You're listening to Rebel 5, an interactive interview podcast with alumni, past and current parents, and friends of Ron Colley High School. I'm your host, Gary Armbruster, Director of Alumni and Corporate Relations at Ron Colley. And each week, I will ask our guests five questions regarding how their lives have evolved and how key connections of experience, opportunity, and alumni networking have propelled them to where they are today. We'll talk challenges, how to overcome challenges, and what they've learned along the way. Stay tuned. Welcome to this week's episode of the Rebel 5 Podcast. Today's guest is a social studies teacher at Ron Colley. She's the department chair. She's been involved in our musical and play productions. She graduated from Ron Colley in 1994. She's presently been at Ron Colley for 20 years, which seems impossible. She graduated from the University of Dayton with a degree in history and secondary education with a master's in United States studies, and she is married to the one Tom Bone, class of 92. Aaron Bone, welcome to the Rebel 5 podcast today. Thank you very much. I should mention that Tom and Aaron also have maybe four of the cutest kids I've ever seen in my life. It's because you see them not at home. (laughs) (laughs) Caroline, Carter, Lauren, and Ethan, and uh, we do see them quite frequently. Aaron, I uh, have interviewed several people now, and most of the uh, interviews that we've had, we've talked about uh, your first job. Mm -hmm. So what was your first job and maybe some of the lessons that we learned in that first job? My first job, um, there's a, what is, it's still there, was a grocery store called Wheatley's in Wanamaker. It's now not a grocery store any longer, but they uh, kind of branched off and had an ice cream and donut shop right next door. And I love both of those things. So Mm -hmm. I thought perfect place for a first job. And um, that that was the first place I got to work. And some lessons maybe that we learned uh, in that first job? The first time I had to make a banana split, Yes. the lesson I learned was to put the ice cream in because I gave them two bananas and whipped cream and chocolate syrup and everything and no ice cream. So that was a key lesson to learn right off the bat. Also, not needing to make myself ice cream every single day was a lesson that that also was learned. That's good. That's uh, (laughs) growing up in the Wanamaker uh, area, I'm sure that that was... uh, a, a place where everybody liked to go probably in the it summertime. was yeah. yeah and it really i worked there summer through through the following spring and it was popping the whole time so you graduated from ron collie in 1994 and off you went to the university of dayton mm-hmm. um why did you choose dayton dayton has been um, a part of my dad's family's history for a very long time he grew up in centerville ohio which is just outside dayton um, his parents went to dayton his mom was a professor there and she actually founded the women's studies program at the university of dayton and worked with title IX programming there as well um, and one of my dad's sisters also went there so we've it's been a part of our life i've been going to dayton basketball games since i was four probably um, so it just it was a place that felt like home i know um in your classroom, there's a, a um, an oar. There is. Explain why you have an oar hanging in your classroom. <laughs> uh, my freshman year, a, a fellow Ron Colley Rebel and, and Nativity graduate as well, Sarah Dwinger, uh, had encouraged me to join the rowing team. She was a member of, of crew and said I should join. And um, I looked up to her. She was somebody who I respected very much. So I decided to join that because I didn't have to run. And so I'll join any sport <laughs> when I don't have to run. Um, and I fell in love with it. it. It was a fantastic sport to be a part of and something very unique and different. And I loved every minute of it. 
Your mother, um, Debbie Carter Perkins, graduated from Ron Colley in 1971, um, an educator her whole adult life. Was teaching always going to be part of your career? I think in the back of my mind, I knew that it was, but I was trying to resist it as much as I could. <laughs> I, I was a pre-law major going into my first semester at Dayton, and after a semester realized I did not want to be a lawyer. There was nothing about that that I enjoyed. Um, and I knew that I loved history, and I knew that that not only my mom, but several other family members had been teachers, and it was something that they were uh, very passionate about. And the more I, I did it, the more I enjoyed it as well. So, so can you imagine doing anything else? I really can't. I, I, I think about that, you know, what else could I possibly be doing? And I, I don't know what my life would look like trying to do something other than being an educator. You are the answer to a Ron Colley trivia question. Um, the question is, which two staff members won homecoming king or queen while student at Ron Colley? <laughs> um, you are the answer. Uh, Chuck Weisenbach is the other, uh, the other answer. <laughs> We're not the same year, though. <laughs> not the same year. No, heavens no. Talk a little bit about um, your high school experience at Ron Colley, uh, what you were involved with. Well, I went to Nativity, which was a pretty small school. So coming to a school like Ron Colley, which was much larger, um, it, it was great to get to know so many new people, get to meet so many new people from different schools. And, and um, I enjoyed that element of it. The social element was great. And, and a lot of the people that I became friends with then, I am still friends with now. In fact, there was a group of seven of us that went to Washington, D.C. last October together. We'd all gone through high school together and have maintained our friendship. And so the, that has um, that was something and is something that was really important to me here at Roncalli. And then um, I participated in sports. I was on the freshman and JV basketball teams my freshman and sophomore year. So I got to experience that side of things, the athletic side of things, and then helped coach my junior year. I helped coach the freshman team with uh, Linda, then Kunkler, now in right. Um And then my senior year, I started theater, and I got involved in that and, and fell in love with something I didn't realize that I had a passion for as well. Um, and doing both the, the – we had a fall play then and a spring musical, right. so I did both of those. And I can neither sing nor dance, so I didn't have to do either of those things in the musical, but still got to be a part of it, and it was wonderful. I, I remember as a student here 100 years ago <laughs> and going into my senior year thinking, you know, I want to do everything I can. And so um, the musical came up again, same thing. We had the musical in the spring, and we did Annie Get Your Gun that year. <laughs> And uh, I can I can uh, you know take up space on the stage mm-hmm. and try it out for that and it was a great experience. Yeah. And I'm so upset really that I look back on it. I wish I would have been involved in the theater. Uh, would have taken that initiative to be part of that all four years. We hear that a lot from seniors who who choose to do theater their senior year. They that is one of their biggest regrets is that they didn't choose to do that sooner because they were nervous about it or uncertain. We're going to come back to that because okay. that's been a huge part of your uh, contribution to mm-hmm. Ron Colley in the last 20 years. Um, but for right now, I, I want to kind of touch on, I, I asked you your favorite Ron Colley class on a questionnaire before we started today. And there's two people that have come up a couple times in your answers and one of those is Deb Sachs, and the other is Elaine Gerald, mm-hmm. and two MVPs, sure, I, yeah. I guess, of Ron Colley history. Uh, talk a little bit about Deb Sachs and Elaine Gerald, and maybe some of the things that you learned from them that you use today. Oh, I certainly hear myself repeating things that they said <laughs> that I hated as a student, but but say now. Um, I had Deb Sachs as a freshman in my uh, – it was in biology class. 
And uh, she was no nonsense. This is what we're doing. And I'm going to help you get there. And I'm going to teach you. But you're going to be responsible for your education, too. And, and she really held us to that level of, yeah, you might be a freshman, but you're in high school now. And you need to learn how to do this because it will help you out in the future. So I, I certainly hear myself echoing some of those statements that she made. One in particular, the kids right now as we're getting ready for finals, they said, are we going to review for finals? And I said, we've been reviewing all year. <laughs> and I'm 100% certain she said those words. I yeah, remember them that's awesome. clearly. Um, and then I had Elaine Gerald my senior year in, in government class. And um, she was somebody who just presented material in a very straightforward and interesting way, but always tied in how current events were relating to what we were talking about. Um, and it just made the subject matter, which could be dry, um, very relatable to those of us who were going out in the world to become the next voters and, right. and people engaged in civic duty. So I strive to be like both of them because they certainly set the bar high, not only for their students, but for their colleagues, I think, as well. Well, Deb Sack's mother was my fourth grade teacher, <laughs> Mary. I think it was Mary. Um, and very similar uh, teacher, even in fourth grade, I remember, you know, you held accountable for what you mm -hmm. are supposed to know. And I interviewed Cole Toner a few weeks back and, and asked him kind of the same question, uh, teachers that meant the most to him in the classroom. And, and he threw out uh, Marilyn Miles mm -hmm. and uh, Kathleen Helbing. And same thing, I, you know, those teachers are so well regarded and they – test you and challenge you um you're that teacher <laughs> and so you're that next generation where people are going to come back and they already do they you know they already talk about you know having mrs bone in class how does that make you feel when you're compared to those teachers that mentored you or that you look up so highly um Personally, I don't know that I'm at that level. I, I, you know, I see myself as somebody who needs work constantly on different areas. I appreciate that, and I know that some kids find it to be a rite of passage to survive the classes that I teach. Um, but they also come back and say things like, "You made college so much easier," and um, you know, I, kids who I've worked senior retreat for, you know, you you helped me find my faith, and you. So I appreciate the opportunity that I have here at Roncalli to get to work with students and help them find ways to find themselves, but whether that's in the classroom or outside of the classroom. Is that always the, the goal, um, to, to, to be the teacher that challenges the kids the most? Is, is that something you set out to do, or is that just no, part of your No, because I think that sounds like I want to be the hardest teacher I yeah. can possibly be, which isn't, which isn't what my goal is. I certainly want to, to challenge them to find new ways to think about things. So, again, whether that's in a classroom setting or if it's outside the classroom setting, that they find ways to stay on their own two feet and know that they could defend themselves, whether we're talking about a political party or if we're talking about how are you going to audition for this show that you want to do in college. So, Part of that is accountability. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. uh, so talk a little bit about that, maybe. Uh, um, that's something that I think a lot of kids struggle with because they're not held to that standard. So. How important is that, I guess, in, in your whole um, teaching uh, philosophy? Yeah, I, I think that's important because if I don't hold them accountable, 
I'm not certain that someone else is doing that. So if I have the opportunity to do that for that student, I'm, I'm going to do so. And I think by this point, like I said, I've been here for 20 years, so they know. They know walking into my room that they're not going to be able to give an excuse that's going to get them out of doing something, and they know that I'm going to hold them accountable. And if they want that kind of a, a teacher or take that kind of a class, then they choose to sign up for it. Part of the um, uh, information that you gave me earlier, you quoted a um, passage uh, or quote rather from Deb Sex class. Mm-hmm. There will only be one of you for all time. Fearlessly be yourself. That's an awesome quote. Talk it's, about that a little bit. It was on her wall as you walked out every day. That was the last thing you saw in her classroom. <clears throat> and so like that has stuck with me, like I said, since my freshman year of high school. And um, I, I want kids to know that whomever it is that they choose to be, that they have the tools and the skills to be that person and, and to, to take themselves and out into the world and, and be that person wherever they end up going. So 20 years you've been uh, a teacher here at Ron Colley. Mm-hmm. Do you have an instance where a kid or a student, a former student has come back and said, you know, you kind of touched on it a little bit before, but maybe a specific example of somebody came back and said, you know, I can't thank you enough for – testing us or challenging us or um, making us work harder because it has prepared us? I have. I have emails and letters from students that that have said that. And I remember um, I taught freshman English when I started. And this was, I don't know, probably 15 years ago, maybe. Uh, My husband and I were walking through Home Depot or somewhere and a student, a young man, walked up to me and he was working at the store and he said you were my freshman English teacher and I didn't remember him and right. I said really and he said yeah he goes you failed me he goes actually no he goes I failed me but nice. I learned a lot from that nice. and I'm yeah. better because of it and and so that's not really I don't know if that's a success story necessarily sure but you know he yeah. said that he learned about accountability and that he had to do what was necessary to succeed. Absolutely. That's a success story. Uh, We're going to take our first break and we're going to listen to our message from our sponsors and we'll be back with Aaron Bone. Rebel five is sponsored by Steve's flowers and gifts for the best and freshest flowers in Indianapolis and surrounding areas. Steve's flowers and gifts have exactly what you're looking for for your next special occasion. Call Steve's flowers at 800-742-9359. Welcome back to today's rebel five podcast with Aaron bone. Aaron, thanks for being here today. It's, uh, uh, it's fun to, uh, share Ron Colley memories, um, of course, you've been in the building as a teacher for 20 years because I still look at you as one of the young teachers. Uh, one of your jobs here at Ron Colley, other than being a teacher and a coach, is being the pep, set, pep session leader. Yeah. Um, I've been here for 12 or 13 years. You have held that position for that period of time. Uh, how in the world did that all come I to be? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember... I think it was my first or second year teaching. We I had some students that, that I had in class who wanted to start a pep club. And so what we would do is we would make signs and goodie bags and stuff for seniors when it was senior night, and, and we'd, we would encourage people to go to events. I don't know how that transitioned <laughs> to me leading pep rallies, but at some point that happened before my fourth year of teaching. I, I, 
I'm, so for 16 years, <clears throat> at least, yeah, you have been the pep session leader. Yes. How has that evolved? It, it has evolved because I've had really good relationships with the cheerleading coaches. That that's been a huge part of it. Right. Um, that I've always been able to coordinate with that person, and we've talked about what do we want to make this experience like for the kids for this particular pep session. And we do try to make them all different. Although at this point, after doing it for this long, <laughs> I feel like it's the same thing every time. So uh, it, it's just evolved into trying to create an experience where the kids can feel the spirit that that permeates our school that it's literally palpable spirit right so that's our hope do you have a favorite one that kind of rings out in your memory of uh, maybe um it as associates to a a football game or a basketball game or however that uh, typically it would be a a football game because that's normally when we would have we do usually we have two during the football season right there was one where we were playing I can't remember what school it was now, but they were the Knights. And so the, the pep rally ended with David English saying, good night, Knights, on mm. the microphone. And then the lights all went out and the seniors cracked open glow sticks. And yes. that was a cool moment. Also, when you were in high school, you, you talked about being um, involved in the musical and the play. Talk a little bit about that. I had done, um, I think, maybe one or two CYO productions. We used to have CYO plays. I don't know that they have them anymore. Um, and decided my senior year that I would try out for the production in the fall, which was The Mousetrap. I've always been a fan of Agatha Christie and mysteries, mm-hmm. so I, I wanted to try that out. And um, I'd have a British accent, which I can do a British accent, so I <laughs> felt really excited to do that and um, had a wonderful time. Um, made really good friends and uh, just enjoyed that experience, so decided to try out for the musical, which I knew would be a bigger cast. So there was a good chance I wouldn't have to sing or dance, which I didn't. I didn't have to speak, which was even better. Um, and got to know even more people and really just kind of fell in love with the stage and and, um, and being on it and being a part of, of shows. So then when I went to college, I participated in a couple of theater productions there as well. Did you um, have any speaking parts? I did have speaking okay. parts, yes. And it was black box theater, so the yeah. audience was as close as you and I are right. now, so quite close. Um, so I did two or three of those while I was at Dayton. And you uh, start teaching here at Ron Colley. Uh, that was back when we had the uh, gymatorium. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, <laughs> talk about uh, how did you get involved in it? Phil Anderson and I started teaching here the same year. We met each other at new teacher meetings and I said, Hey, if you ever need any help with theater, I'm I'm happy to help out. I had I had helped out when I student taught um my senior year of college. I'd helped out with the production. So I'd done a little bit of directing, not much, but so I just said, if you ever need any help, he said, Well sure, come to auditions and that's how it started. <laughs> so what was the first uh, production that you worked on? Here? The very first show we did was Dracula. In oh six we move into the auditorium. Yes. Talk a little bit about how everything changed. The space alone was significant. In in the gymatorium, we did a show. We did The Sting, and it had a train car in it. And we had to try to figure out how to fit the train car in wings that don't exist in there. (laughs) Um, And just to have the room that we have now, which doesn't compare to many other theaters around, but it was just so much larger than what we were used to. Um, We had the opportunity to create more expansive productions than what we had before do you have a favorite production that we've done in in that facility i have a favorite play my favorite play was to see the stars 
Okay. Um, which we did several years ago. Uh, it was a show about a, a real event that happened about the shirtwaist um, workers who went on strike, female shirtwaist workers who went on strike in 1911 and, and um, the challenges that they had to face. And so that kind of speaks to my love for history. Right. My favorite musical, mm-hmm, that's tough. Guys and Dolls was wonderful this right. year. I loved that in 42nd Street, those two, I think top my list right now all right we're going to take one last break before uh, we go into our final segment with aaron bone and we'll be back just a moment rebel five is sponsored by steve's flowers and gifts for the best and freshest flowers in indianapolis and surrounding areas steve's flowers and gifts have exactly what you're looking for for your next special occasion call steve's flowers at 800-742-9359 okay welcome back to the rebel five podcast with aaron bone aaron thanks for being here today uh talking about the theater department and um uh, you, you talked about earlier uh, holding kids accountable in their cl- in their class and, and what that meant. Um, some of the productions, I will say, all the productions that we do here at Runcali are amazing. Thank you. Um, talk a little bit about holding kids accountable during those productions. I'm a little biased. My <laughs> three kids were involved in the fine arts. They have no full appreciation, probably, of what it was like before in the gym because. Mm-hmm. Um, all three of my kids were uh, participated in the auditorium. So talk a little bit about that. Um, holding kids to a higher standard. Um, I always have believed that the productions that we do are amazing. And I can't imagine other high schools. Maybe they do, but I don't, I don't know. They seem like ours are just amazing. Talk a little bit about that. We often tell them that we don't put on high school shows. And that's not a knock to high schools around here. I think there's just a perception of what high school theater looks like and that it doesn't look anything like certainly not a professional theater and probably not even community theater. Um, And we just feel like we have the opportunity with our facilities and, and with the knowledge that Phil has and with the students that frankly really want to do well uh, we have the opportunity to put on something that's amazing. And um, we know that our audiences are expecting when they walk in those doors something outstanding. And we wouldn't be doing our due diligence if we didn't put our effort in to make sure that the kids understood that and that we were doing our part as well as directors to make sure that what we're putting on is the best possible product that we could give. I, I oftentimes give school tours. And when I get mm-hmm. to the fine arts wing, um, I'm always quick to say, you know, come to our shows because they're not what you might expect mm-hmm. and i sometimes i get a little um weepy if you will um because it's just an amazing thing that we uh, can offer our kids how important is it do you think to have junior rebel theater have our grade schools i know saint barnabas saint jude mm-hmm. i think nativity mm-hmm. um have their plays and musicals here um and then by the time they get to high school They've already been on that stage two, three, or four, five times. So how important is that, you think? Well, certainly that gives them a comfort level um, in, in an auditorium as large as ours is. Um, but it also instills a passion for that 
that art, that particular type of art. Um, and I know I've had the opportunity to work with St. Jude's Fine Arts Committee this year and worked with their production as well. And just the excitement that those kids have when they get to come over here, the week that they're here to be on this stage and, and to be in the big kids green room right. and, and things like that. Um, I, I think they just are excited to be a part of something that they know is well done and that they know is something that people enjoy and appreciate. So having that kind of feeder system through Junior Rebel definitely gives us a leg up when kids come in as freshmen. Yeah, they just they're just enthusiastic to be a part of it. I know the fine arts uh, banquet was the other night. It was. Have we announced what we're we doing? We have announced okay. what we're doing next year. So spill the beans. Uh the musical will be singing in the rain. Oh nice. Gene Kelly. Gene Kelly, yeah. Yes. Donald Connor. And um, the play will be You Can't Take It With You, okay. which is an old show. Um, and actually, the IRT just performed it. They're, they're finishing up. And um, we went and saw it last weekend and thought that it had a message that was something that we would like our audiences to hear. And so we'll be putting our spin on it a little bit. But yeah, it'll be a, an, an old show come back again. Yeah, so. that's exciting. Um, Junior Rebel Theater this summer, what mm-hmm. are we putting on? They're doing Into the Woods. Okay. Um, switching gears a little bit. If you drive down LaSalle, you drive south down LaSalle to school and you look to the right, there's this big old building we're building. Yes, big old (laughs) bunker, if you will. Um, We are building a new gym. Um, In some ways, it's a little bittersweet because uh, we've played our last varsity games probably in the woodshed. Pep rallies have been in the woodshed for as long as we've been here. Uh, Talk a little bit about the woodshed. Maybe do you have a favorite woodshed moment? I do. It goes back to my time in high school. Um, I was a sophomore, and um, we were having an ESPN-themed night, and there was build-up to it the entire week. Uh, in fact, Chuck was able to get Dick Vitale to actually call in and no be on way. our yes, and be on our announcements <laughs> and hype up only Chuck our ESPN night. Um, and I just remember students showing up. Faces painted, basketballs on their heads. Guys were dressed up as referees. It was a blast. It was so much fun. Um, And to me, that was a moment that not only epitomized events in that location, but Roncalli spirit and and what that means and what that looks like. I've talked to a lot of people, and I've um, asked them, almost all of them, what their favorite woodshed moment was. And that's the first time I've heard of that. So that's (laughs) awesome. That's uh, just kind of talks about the variety of that facility mm-hmm. and, and what it's meant to the Ron Colley community. Uh, we are going to go into the Rebel 5 questions, and I'm going to test you a little bit here. <laughs> In another life, what would you want to be or do? Oh, do I have the same skill set? <laughs> <laughs> no, you can do, you can be whatever you want. Okay, then I would want to be on Broadway, because okay. that would be amazing. <laughs> but other, like, the skill set I presently have, that's not an option. <laughs> Um, what is the funniest thing that has happened to you recently? Anytime my children open their mouths, it, it's <laughs> it's fair game. Like anybody's game, what they're going to say. So our our youngest son Ethan is four, and he mispronounces words all the time. So we just make him continually mispronounce them. So <laughs> yeah, uh, at school yesterday they made zebras, z e v r a s, which I asked him like seven times. What is this again? It's a zebra. Uh, favorite time or place when you've run into a Roncalli person. Um, we've run into people, um, hiking on vacations before, yeah. both out in California and when we were in, in New Hampshire, I can't remember who it was that we ran into, but we would have Ron Colley gear on and, and they would recognize that and, and say something to us. Which so. brings up something that I forgot to even ask you about. Summer field study. Yes. 
Um, so I'm I'm going to go off schedule here. Uh, talk about summer field study because I know that was a huge part of your experience, and I know at one point in time that opportunity to take that program over and then you start having kids yeah. and all, everything else <laughs> kind of goes from it. But talk about summer field study and what that's meant to uh, you. That trip truly is the reason why I'm sitting in this chair, to be honest. Um, I had gone on it as a junior and a senior in high school and my first time camping ever and, and just really fell in love with being out in the woods and, and the majesty that is out in the West. Um, and then was able to work at uh, my senior year, right after my senior year of college, it was my first year as a Sherpa. Um, and um, I had already accepted a job in Dayton to teach English uh, at a school in, in Dayton and um, went on summer field studies. And the day we got back, I called Chuck and I said, I will teach anything that you have <laughs> because I have to be back at that school. And I, I um, had kind of put in my mind that I didn't want to come back to Roncalli, that I wanted to go elsewhere. And that trip truly reminded me who those people were and why I wanted to be a part of that school yeah. so thankfully i'm here because there was a position open <laughs> um but yeah it, it it to me i think it's as spiritually moving as our senior retreat program is and i think yeah. it just provides students another way to see god another place to see god do you remember where you went the first uh when you were a junior my or? yeah we were supposed to go to the grand canyon yeah. um but the hantavirus happened and so we went to the rockies it was the rocky oh, mountain wow. detour tour yeah and so we went to the rockies and so ss park mm -hmm, yeah. uh, glacier basin mm -hmm, oh, yeah. yeah that's awesome that's yeah. um honestly you're right it it's it's an amazing trip i would put it right up there with senior retreat yeah. mm -hmm. waking up in the morning in a brisk morning in the mountains drinking a cup of coffee and just taking it all in is it's an amazing thing yeah it's, and knowing that you were going to see and experience things that you can't see in indiana you can't yeah. experience yeah. in indiana and and enjoying the the wonder that is that yeah. event or for those sites we joke about that about the mountains of indiana so <laughs> yeah, i totally yes totally totally understand that um, back to the Rebel Five. Sorry for that <laughs> little detour, okay. but I thought it was uh, important enough to touch on. Uh, what do you wish you could tell your younger self? Not to worry so much that things are going to work out. And that doesn't mean that you're not going to have challenges, but that your challenges don't define you. Your ability to get through those will be what defines you. So, Yeah, it's great advice. Life advice. You've been teaching now for 20 years. I, again, I still say you're a young kid almost, but you do. You have a, a, a history. So any life advice? I would say be true to the person you are, that, that God created you in his image and that, that gave you talents and gifts that you have the opportunity to use. And you don't know whose life you're going to touch and choosing to use those. So to do that um, and to tackle things that seem difficult because it's in overcoming challenges that we see our true strength and, and things that we can do and yeah, I would that's, recommend that. that's good stuff <laughs> we're going to take one last break and we'll be back with some final thoughts with aaron bone rebel five is sponsored by steve's flowers and gifts for the best and freshest flowers in indianapolis and surrounding areas steve's flowers and gifts have exactly what you're looking for for your next special occasion call steve's flowers at 800-742-9359 
welcome back to the Rebel 5 podcast with Aaron Bone today. Aaron, thanks so much for being here and sharing some of your history with Ron Colley. Thanks for having me. I'm going to give you the final floor, if you will. And uh, if you have any final thoughts, the floor is yours. Uh, I'm just grateful for the opportunity to be able to work at a place like Ron Colley. Um, from my colleagues to my students to my former classmates and friends and people who have gotten to know along the way. It's just, it's a place that shapes you in a very positive way. And I know I wouldn't be the person I am today if not for this place. Um, and I'm just grateful for opportunities like this to get to talk about it and, and what a wonderful place it is. And to thank the people who let me be here and the kids who keep coming so that I still have a job. <laughs> well, again, thank you for sharing today. Um, you are a, a huge asset to Ron Colley, and um, you will be looked back, and you already are, in the same vein with the Marilyn Miles of the world and the Angie Toners of the world and the Debbie Saxes of the world. And, and so um, we're so thankful that uh, you are here and very thankful for all the great things you do for Ron Colley. So thank you very much. Thanks. I'm Gary Armbruster, and thanks for joining us today for this episode of the Rebel 5 Podcast. To find out more information about the podcast, please visit 50.roncolley.org forward slash podcast.php. Again, thanks so much for joining us today, and until next time, we'll fight ahead. We'll fight ahead.